everyone. I'm going to go ahead and get started with our broadcast. We're having a little bit of technical difficulty. However, it does not stop the information from being provided and shared. So we just went ahead and recorded it. And we'll, if you're catching the replay, we thank you for tuning in. Okay, so the bonus for today is the Wheel of Fortune. And as you were going through class, you were able to see that there were four different elements that are on the corners of the card that are much different than any of the cards that you have, um, that you've studied up to this point, which is the number 10 card, and any of the cards that you'll see going forward. The symbols on this card are different and are not relatable to any other aspect of the card. However, it has everything to do with the full tarot. Um, and and like likewise um, or likely so because the the wheel of fortune which is the number ten is really a swing of the dice and and it has to do with everything that you were contemplating and meditating and creating in your mind uh, the moment prior which was the hermit anytime you have a major life decision that you are making uh, that you're looking to make a choice or looking to create that meditation would have happened beforehand and four elements would present itself as you're going forward now these cards were the the design of the cards the illustration of the cards were from a time period when a lot of esoteric knowledge was being studied but was extremely hard to find you had to belong to a particular group in this case pamela coleman smith belonged to the golden dawn society which still has a very prominent educational library for people to get to know and understand the esoteric and exoteric aspect of of the secrets of the universe. And so these were put down on the cards as we shared before. So I wanted to share this card so that you can see what it looks like. Now that Wheel of Fortune is really interesting. We have the four elements in the corners. Those would be considered the four evangelists. And then we have the snake, the sphinx, and right here, which would look like the devil is actually Anubis. Like I said, you're not going to find those symbols together on any other cards going forward. Like you'll see the Sphinx uh, in the chariot, but that's about it. Uh, you're, you're probably not going to see a snake. <laughs> you're definitely not going to see Anubis, not in this form. So as we carry forward, you'll see dogs, which can represent Anubis, but not in this form. So that's why this card is really an auspicious card. So let's break that down. We have the four elements. As I brought out before, the four elements are also connected to a time period of antiquity or even of the romantic uh, time period where you were dealing with government um, manipulation into spiritual matters. So you have the Christians or the Christians that were coming up. They were uh, staunch believers that the Christ had arrived. We had the Roman Empire who believed none of that. They were definitely a pagan and even then not even pagan. They just kind of were all over the place. They didn't believe in anything other than whatever it is that they 
they um, chose the seat that fit them for the day. That's that's really how you sum up the the ideology and the worship of the Romans. Then you had the Gnostics, and the Gnostics believed that um, live for today because we don't know what will happen tomorrow. Tomorrow never came, and yesterday is gone. So because of that information and that ideology that was circling a time period, it was definitely a catalyst in creating the Tarot in the Wheel of Fortune, as in however it should go because you don't know what will happen tomorrow. So however it should swing, you shall deal with today. Live for the for the day because this, this is all you have. And that's how that Wheel of Fortune is set up. If you notice, there is, as I brought out, the four different elements. So let's just, um, let's, let's identify them. We have the eagle, we have the man, we have the lion, and we have the ox. Now, it's interesting that all four of, uh, three, excuse me, three of those elements are connected to one empire, and one element is connected to a prior empire. So which empire would that be? Well, um, interestingly enough, all of a, a lot of esoteric awareness or, or secrets of the universe came from the, uh, the Assyrians or the Assyrians. Um, we could even say it was uh, far back into the Sumerians and, and the Egyptians, the Kemet, Kush, all of that time for, period. However, all of that information came up through the Babylonian or the Assyrian um Empire. So the lion represents the empire of the Assyrians, Neo Assyria. So we're talking about a Babylonian um, time frame. Now, if you were a person that studied history through the Bible, you would find that the Babylonian time period actually includes different uh, rulers like Nebuchadnezzar very, very prominent person. It also included the great one of Babel. And the great one of Babel actually worked to create layers and levels of, of the, of buildings so that he could reach as high as the gods because he believed that he too was a god. And so therefore, language had to be confused to disperse the people. And that is, that is the representation of the lion through that, through that part of the, the storyline. So he, Babylon is only the one portion represented on this card. The other three elements or representations of this card, the eagle, the man, and the ox are all connected to the Roman Empire. So the Roman Empire had the she-wolf, they had the ox, they had an eagle, and they believed themselves to be gods. So the man. So it's interesting that in, in the secret world that they're acknowledging that 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 through this information they're acknowledging that there was something even long before the Romans came that was of true significance. Matter of fact, it would truly determine how you would move forward in your will of fortune. Were you connected to the ancient way? 
Notice it's only one representation, the lion to the ancient way, which is interesting because that lion is connected to the sphinx that's sitting at the top. So let's talk about that for a moment. We have that uh, sphinx and the sphinx is, um, even though we find this in Egypt, the sphinx really doesn't have a correlation to Egyptian or commission, um, um, Historicity. It, it, there's historically they can't figure out where the Sphinx came from and why it's even relevant to Egypt, and that's because it came from something of a deeper, uh, deeper historical uh, time frame. And when we think about the Sphinx, when we go into the studies, if you just go into archaeology, um, the Sphinx in Egypt um, is when studied. Uh, to see the layers of the building, they can actually see that it was at one point underwater or surrounded by water. And so the Sphinx has been long believed to be connected to Atlantic, the Atlanta or Atlantic. So Atlantis, I said that wrong. Atlantis. And so therefore, this energy of the Sphinx represents divine energy from an ancient place that we are still not yet perceiving. And yet he sits on the top of the wheel. So we have the ancient, we have the, the Roman Empire here that was working to influence all of the people that their way was the way. They're going to squash Christianity. They're going to squash everything. However, the only thing they're recognizing is the lion, which is ancient information of, of Babylon, Neo-Assyria. However, at the very top of this Wheel of Fortune is the Sphinx, which now goes beyond Egyptian or Commission science awareness or study. It actually goes to the deeper ancient uh, knowledge of it, of the Atlantis. And also in connection to Atlantis, the land of Mu, M-U. So this is this is a very auspicious aspect of this card. Now, in addition, we have the snake, and the snake is uh, is it's flowing downward. However, the snake is connected to the fire of life, the Kundalini in energy creation. So therefore, whatever it is and wherever you're going, this is going to spark part of the creative work. However, there is Anubis, and Anubis is the god of the underworld. And this same God could create or, or bring back to life or destroy. This same God could measure whether or not you had the right to, to remain alive or to cease living. This would be Anubis. Anpu is, his, is the correct um, a name for this particular energy. So therefore, as you were cycling through your decision in this wheel of fortune, creating life and applying all of the esoteric, exoteric information, the ancient and the ever ancient um, story of, of, your, of your life, you'll see that everything is connected. 
everything that you're doing is still connected to a past lifetime, to a past experience. It may not have been your lifetime, but a past experience and it's still carrying a thread of energy. So however you're moving and, and maneuvering through that, you're carrying the energy of a cycle. Notice the cycle of Anubis. And that cycle is either going to produce life or it's going to produce death. It will be weighed and it will go through that life cycle, which is really interesting how that's even set up. This card is so powerful. There's a lot of different um, correlations that are sitting on this card. So let's talk about the, the symbols themselves on the wheel. So the symbols spell out every other word, T-A-R-O, tarot, tarot, which is connected to tarot. And this would also be connected to the, um, the luck of the person. So as you swung it, the luck of your life. However, in between our tetragrammaton, the tetragrammaton symbols, the tetragrammaton is connected to Y-H-W-H. Some would call this Yahweh. Some would call it Yehovah. However, this is according the swing of the cycle or the swing of the, the will would be determined on your luck and how you were connected to the divine source. If, if you are in, in energy of the divine source that is positive, then you would, then you would receive or have the better portion. And if you were in the cycle of negativity, then you would be working through that negative space decreed by the God of the universe. Now, there are also inner uh, symbols, and most people don't go into that part. However, these symbols right here are really interesting. I actually wrote them down. So, first of all, let me just go through the symbology for the four evangelists. They represent the Leo, um, the Leo, the um, Aquarius. Hold on, I want to say them in order, and I wrote them in order as well, so I want to get that. Leo, Taurus. The Aquarius and the Scorpio. So we can see the lion is definitely the Leo. We can see the ox is definitely Taurus energy. The man represents the Aquarius energy. And when you think of Aquarius, you think of him pouring out the the um, the, the vase of water. However, um, this would be the water of life, having the ability to do that, having the ability to maneuver through emotions, feelings, and spirit. And then we have the eagle that represents the Scorpio. Uh, Scorpio energy, um, who can go to the extremes of the earth. From one extreme of the earth, it can fly to the next. And um, the uh, the eagle or the um, the bird has the ability to dive into water as well. So we know some birds actually dive into water, can sit on water. Ducks, right? So that's why we have the Scorpio energy of the bird. And the interesting thing about that Scorpion energy or the Scorpio energy uh, being that it can go to the extremes is that you never know how it's working. You don't know if it's there to benefit you or there to um, be a watcher over you. 
for negative or positive. So therefore, it's really interesting how that eagle shows up as the representation uh, with Scorpio. So that's the four directions. Now on the very, in the center, we actually are dealing with planets. So how you are working through your life is also the shift of planets in your life. So we see down at the bottom, that's Aquarius. That's man's representation. We see here uh, Pais or Pales, P-A-L-L-E-S. On this side is the sun. And at the top, Mercury. Woo! So we're dealing with um, how you think logically, emotionally, and spiritually. And then I like Paley's because Paley's is really dealing with um, the aspect of the spirit of the person in, in it. And I use that word loosely, esoteric aspect of the person in spaces in time that we are not able to see, but, but um, definitely exist. So this is the ooh, magnetic information and the power of the Wheel of Fortune. So you can, when getting this card... If you pull this card, it's letting you know right now it's time to make decisions based on what you've been meditating or thinking about. And let's just say you haven't had time to meditate. This card is saying, well, you better get ready because whatever you've been thinking about is, is coming into fruition. Because that's the way the ball swings. Well, with that being said, I want to thank you for joining me on this Friday's edition. And I will make sure that um, you get the notification for the next two cards that we will be working in the week. So let me let me just go ahead and pull them out. I want to say that is the 11, which is Justice, and 12, the Hanged Man. So we'll be going over these two cards. 11, Justice. 12, The Hanged Man. Great cards to learn about. If you want to go ahead and start looking in your basic tarot book just to get uh, some of the correlations, that will be good as we move and shift forward. Well, if you um, have any questions or you'd like to record something, down at the bottom, you'll see where it says, talk to me. You can record an audio, text, or a video, and I will get that message, and I'll respond to you within the week. You have a great week, and remember... Spirit designs, mind builds, and the words make it so. Now, you go and make it a great day. It's the best day ever. Ashe.